Blog Talk Radio. FT Sports Podcast. Hello. May 3rd, 2018. D. Davis. D. Ellis, A.A. Ron TV. The crew, as always, this is the show of shows. Good evening. 646-668-2182 is the number. Uh, great show lined up for everybody, man. We It's, it's basketball. We're going to do some post-draft conversation, talk a little bit about what we thought the Lions uh, did, expectations moving forward. Uh, a lot of teams moved. Jason Witten has retired and gone to the booth. Not surprised. He want to follow his boyfriend. Oh, I said that too loud. Um, and and um, Matt Ryan, very quickly, last year, it was funny. Everybody bashed the fact that Matthew Stafford was the highest-paid quarterback. And just like that, three other quarterbacks got that title. It's it's funny how we react to the moment. Just just calm down and react, re- relax. Now Matt Ryan is the highest paid quarterback until Aaron Rodgers gets that title. But six four six 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 eight two one eight two is the number. Joined tonight, B. Ellis, A. A. Ron. Good evening, gentlemen. Well, hello. Good evening, um, fellas. Uh, we got to just start uh, here. We got it. We, we, uh, we, we wait, gotta, wait, 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 go, wait, wait, yeah. wait, what? wait, what, what, what? You you just gonna start like that, man? You know, uh, ladies and gentlemen. Yesterday was Chris's birthday. Oh, shit. Mm. can we uh, sound guy? Can we sound guy? Can we get some applause in the background, please? Come on, sound That's guy. That's true. Yeah, one job. One job, sound guy. Come on. Hey, thank, thank, thank you. Yes. Yes. Oh, yes. Uh, on behalf of. Uh, on behalf of FT Sports Podcast, we'd like to wish Christopher, uh, I'm not going to say his middle name, Davis, a happy <laughs> uh, 10 times 3 plus another number birthday. Uh, yeah, we took him out and got him a sippy cup yesterday. Oh, yeah. Uh, go ahead, Chris. Sippy cup, though? A sippy cup. Hey, man, you know, you don't want to dribble on yourself, man, you know. Get old, man, you sippy cup. Wow. Thank you, McGriff. I appreciate that, man. Only in McGriff fashion can that birthday hey, wish, man. or you know, thank you. Just thank you, man. I, I appreciate it. Thank, thank you, I, McGriff. Thank, thank you. I have to be me at all times, Chris. Thank you. Quite, quite yeah. appreciate it. Thank you. Thank you. These gentlemen mm-hmm. took me out. They had some great eats. That um, I had my lunch. Did you guys eat your lunch? Did Did you happen to take it for lunch today? Did you Did you have it? I ate half of it, man. I couldn't even finish the whole thing. Okay. Yeah. Hey, I felt the same, but. The, the Long Island was on point, fellas. I haven't had one in a while, so I appreciate it. It was top shelf. That was, it, was, it was delicious. So thank you. I appreciate that. And hopefully many more birthdays to celebrate with the crew as always. So I, I appreciate that. Um, unfortunately, I was looking forward to a great basketball game, and uh, what I got was an embarrassing performance by the home team once again. Just like last week, McGriff, you, you wasn't here for the bashing – of the Browns, because you was dealing with your own Brown problem. Ooh. But with shot the Raptors. Fire. No, no, no shot fire. Stop Bang, that. bang, bang. That wasn't a shot fire. I thought that was a good you hey, you came in and okay, never mind. You can't use my joke. The rap 
The Raptors. The Raptors. The Raptors. They deserve 15 minutes of absolute bashing from this team because you do not go win 50-plus games in the regular season. Definitively one of the best defensive teams in the league. Have one of the best benches in the league that can score and play defense in the league. We finally want to give you respect as you deserve. And this is the thanks we get. Most importantly, gentlemen, I felt like, because you guys seen the movie, and if you haven't seen the movie by now, you just need to just turn off the show. With the snap of his fingers, he walked into Toronto and just took it over. Just took it over. Can anybody explain to me why Toronto just seems they can't get right when it comes to LeBron James? Can anybody explain that to me? Can McGriff, you do a great job and try to defend people. Can you defend the Raptors tonight? Because this is now um, a game playoffs that they can't beat LeBron James. Bottom line, they um, suck. I uh, yeah, I, I blame Drake, man. You know, uh, he is their uh, official team ambassador. You know, um, to the United States and all that good stuff. And, yeah, man, he dropped nice for what, and they listen to it in the locker room before they uh, go out and play. And uh, they be feeling themselves and feeling all pretty and said they ain't got to impress no people. So uh, they're going to just do them. And, uh, yeah, so, yeah, man, uh, I, I'm pretty sure I called this before. And it's like, like Toronto ain't going to do too much. As a matter of fact, I was talking to my uncle about it a few weeks ago. Um, yeah, man, I'm, I'm, I'm not surprised, like. Toronto, you know, saying Canadians are real nice. They say A and say I'm sorry all the time. But this was it, though, man. I mean, like this was the year, though, man. Like they finally got it right. They got everything going. It reminds me, Ellis, of and, and we use this analogy a lot because I, I remember having these these arguments with you time in and time out when the Portland Trailblazers was fighting against the Lakers, when the Sacramento Kings were fighting against the Lakers. When the Spurs were fighting against that, that same Laker team. Hell, when the Phoenix Suns were fighting against that same Lakers team, or even the Spurs at that time, they just could not beat the L.A. Lakers. The Raptors just mm-hmm. cannot beat Cleveland. Just cannot beat them. And we should have recognized that in the regular season when they had a 20-plus lead and they gave that up. At home. Okay. I say there's, there's, you know, there's little to no comparison except for the losses stacking up. You know, when when those teams that you mentioned couldn't beat the Lakers, it's because the Lakers were a dominant, just like monstrous team, man. Like Cleveland is, Cleveland is vulnerable right now, and I think it's it's really a mental hurdle that the Toronto Raptors cannot overcome. Um, and it, it, you know, it's unfortunate. Like you said, it, it looks like it's their year. And in fact, it is. We're not gonna we're not gonna change the narrative. They are the number one seed in the Eastern Conference, you know. And everyone thought they were a joke last year. Everyone, or not last year, but even last uh, round. People, people, if they had lost to the the Wizards, no one would have been sitting here saying, "Oh, you know," or feeling sorry for Toronto. They would have said, "Oh, you know, they they ran to a better team." And it's really sad because that's you know as much as they've grown and you know they've, they've found a way to really put some games together in the regular season. They really are just mentally owned by LeBron James and the Cavaliers because 
Cavaliers aren't even good this year. And on hey, top those, of that, too, I mean, I, we, we've watched Indiana pretty much pick them apart and go to a seven-game series sure. for them to come out here and lose two games at home. I mean, they're done, bro. I, I, I think they're going to end up getting swept or it's going to be four swept. games in one. For those who don't know what we're talking about, we're talking about the Lakers in the early 2000s with Kobe and Shaq, where they dominated the, at the Western Conference, where they it didn't matter who – they well, it, well, they did, but we're talking about just in the playoffs in the Western Conference sure. when the Trailblazers were trying to take over and take the, the pedestal, they couldn't do it. When the Kings tried to do it, they couldn't get over the hurdle. The Suns tried to get over it, they couldn't, and then they ran against the Spurs and they couldn't beat them. And then the Spurs couldn't beat L.A. In the early 2000s, L.A. ran and they dominated. And I feel like... We're looking at the modern-day version of this. Toronto just can't beat Cleveland. They just can't. 20-plus – what was the, the, the victory margin today? 20-plus points? Eight, eight, uh, 18. I mean, you 18. know, they, they stopped oh, okay. in the last couple, couple minutes. It I was, mean, well, dude. got well past 20. It's almost like, McGriff, it's almost like, you know, if we had to do the comparison here – we always got to bring up the Lions, but the Lions can't beat Green Bay. They go to right, Lambeau yes, and they, they just can. can't beat. They, 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 nope. they, they beat Green Bay and Lambeau one, uh, twice. One time. You know, one time was for real, and the other time they have a quarterback. But it's sure, but before that, before that, they could not beat oh, yeah. Green Bay. Green Bay, they no. will go to Lambeau, and you just knew, well, if, if anything, this team is going to be 0-1 because they're not beating Green Bay and Lambeau. Where is this guarantee? Yeah. It's bad. Accurate. And, and what pisses me off about this, Ellis, and we got into this, and I'm not going to change the narrative, but Toronto mm-hmm. had an opportunity to finally change the narrative of how we perceive them as a basketball team. Last year, off the air, we had a discussion that became a heated discussion, if you would, when I said that mm-hmm. Kyle Lowry and DeMar DeRozan, are, are, they shrink under the moment. When it comes down yeah. to it, they may give you these points, but – the other aspects of the, of this game that we need them to do or bring to the game, they don't do it. They just don't. No attitude, no fire, no nothing. They get punked easily by one guy. It's two on one, bro, when it comes to star power. And they get punked every single time they play against LeBron James. No other way to put it. DeMar DeRozan in well, game not, one had 18 points, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, we, we can't. Shrunk, not, once again, I agree. He shrunk under the moment in overtime, did he not? No, I'm with you. I agree with you 100, you know, 100% when it comes to them getting annihilated by LeBron. Now, I will say the previous six games that they lost, that you have to, there is a Kyrie factor in there as well that you can't solely just put on LeBron. It, 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 was, a, it was definitely a, a one-two punch, maybe a third punch being Kevin Love to a capacity last year. He definitely showed up tonight. He had almost 30 points tonight. So, yeah, like I mean, it's just this is the year, man. It's no excuses this year that you're getting flamed up at home by LeBron James and and the supporting cast that he has. This is uh again, this is definitely a reflection of, of their mental capacity not being where it needs to be. It's no other way of putting it. So I'm with you on that. It, you know what? I wish TV was here tonight because I'm just gonna say it. We always talk about, you know, he always says it. You can never question a player's heart. You can't do that. You don't know, you know what's inside him. You don't, you, you're not there. He always says that. I'm sorry. 
watching Toronto play is, is is there's no way in my mind that you can convince me to say that they have heart. Because every time they play against LeBron in the playoffs, eight games straight says that they don't have heart. They don't have fight. Game one, they had the game one, and they let the game get away from them. And in overtime, their star decided that he didn't want to play. That's what happened. And he deferred it to a guy that comes off the bench for the three-point shot to win the game. No. You don't do that. And in game two, you know this is a must-win, and you decide not to play your game. And LeBron James freaks out again with 47 points. There's no excuses for Toronto anymore. There's no excuses for him. There's no excuses for him. They got a better team on, on on paper, man. So it's uh, sometimes you know somebody has your number, man. That's clearly the situation right now. LeBron owns these guys right now, and until they can win a game, which hasn't happened for almost three years now, this is like the third year that they're they're kind of you know hinting that it's sweet. You know, it's it's truly unfortunate. Truly unfortunate. Um, but is it really you know, unfortunate, Ellis? I'm sorry, man. Is it really unfortunate? I mean, really. Yeah. I, I can't yes, say that's unfortunate anymore. I can't say it anymore. Last year, sure. I don't want to see Cleveland in a championship with that roster that they have. I don't want to see the Celtics in the championship with the roster they have. So that leaves me with, uh, you know, I'm optimistic about Toronto, which I actually I was, but that's that's gone. So I'm forced to root for Philadelphia. Yuck, and I, you know, and I still <laughs> feel like their team is still questionable too right now. So yeah, it's 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 uh it's pretty interesting, man. That's all I'm saying. I I, I feel like the wet the West, and when I say West, honestly speaking, any of the remaining four teams will put hands on any of the remaining four teams out east right now. I don't What's know what thoughts? else to say. I. I, I mean, no, no I, I mean, mean, honestly, Ellis, I don't have any t- – I, Toronto effing sucks, bro. I I just I, – I can't believe that they would go out against a team that went seven games against another team that nobody respected, nobody even thought. Hell, we said that at the beginning of the season, the trades that Indiana made, we thought that they were getting ready to tank, but they make it to the playoffs, a, a good defensive-minded team, young team, and they take Cleveland to, to seven games. Toronto's better than Indiana, offensively. Their bench is better than Indiana, by far. They're a better team. I mean, Tor- Toronto's Toronto. a better team than, than, than the remaining four I know, teams. I know, which makes so it even worse. But I'm just saying, again, it, just, it, it strengthens the narrative. They suck. It's just, and, 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 again, I, I have to look at Kyle Lowry. And DeMar DeRozan, I don't care what they do in the regular season. I don't care what the stats say. You guys are the stars of the team. You have a two-punch combo in your guard in your guard play. Your guards are better than their guard. If anything, you should be your you guys should be averaging sixty to seventy points a game easily. And Kyle Lowry shrinks under the moment, despite his points. DeMar DeRozan in overtime disappears. This is what they do in the playoffs. And I'm glad they finally do it. And you can see it because this is what I was trying to tell you last year, clown, that this is what they do. Despite their stats, they shrink under the moment. And they did it again 
tonight like they did two nights ago. They're garbage. They're done. I, I'm tired. Toronto, go away. Why do they even have a basketball team? Are they going to get swept? I hope so. And Dwayne Casey gets fired for it. Yeah, you, I, I did, you ain't got to come for Dwayne like that, man. No, I'm coming for Dwayne. Why not? He's been the head coach during this entire time. Ellis, this team may win in the regular uh, season. Yes. Man, I'm, Mike I'm not ready to I'll give you an example. I'm not ready to talk him, man. Okay, I'll give you sure. an example. Mike D'Antoni. Mm-hmm. Okay? Phoenix uh-huh. Suns. Always mm-hmm. known for his offense. Winning series mm-hmm. after series. Could never get over the hump. Number mm-hmm. one thing that broke him was that they could never play defense. No matter how many games they won, no matter how many first seeds that they were, no matter how deep they mm-hmm. made in the playoffs, as soon as they ran against a better team and as soon as they put the clamps down, Phoenix could not play defense. Mm-hmm. Mike D'Antoni was I mean, the, Finally. Dwayne but, Casey's on his but, way. Dwayne Casey, he's not, on, he's not on that tip, though, man. I, I, I think... He's got two stars and he I, can't I, beat one team. No, no, no. Let's... let's I'm not calling those two dudes stars, man, if you really want to be honest about it. They're stars, bro. Uh, you know, They're all stars. We'll give – I think DeRozan maybe can get an all-star status. And by default playing in the weak Eastern Conference, Lowry gets a pass every year. So let's be real, though, man. Like, they're not top-tier players. I think they're – if you got five-star status, I think they're both three-and-a-half, four-stars. And, a half, four stars. and I, I, that's not enough. It's not enough. And I think that ultimately, Casey's Joke. doing a great job coaching. I think he's developed his players. Because if you go call for Casey's head, can we not? Can we call for uh, your boy uh, out in the Celtics' head, too? Can he, can he not get called for, too, if you, if you really want to no. go there? No. No, Why absolutely not. Because nope. if I put – because honestly, honestly, if I put Brad Stevens as – I think Brad Stevens is a better coach. Brad Stevens and the, the Boston Celtics have no business I'm, right now being in the second round. Would you agree with this? Brad Stevens last what? year had no business being in the second second round this year. Brad Stevens had Brad no Stevens. business being in the in the Eastern Conference Finals last year with the roster that he's had. Offensively, this this man is a great coach. I'm, Casey, is, what is his I'm, identity? I'm, 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 Casey, they're a they're a good defensive team. They're one of one of the, one of the better teams defensively on the floor. That gets scored uh, by Cleveland right constantly. That falls under Bro, the pressure. I, that buckles every that, time. That falls under your players, though. You gonna put this on the coach? I'm gonna I'm like, gonna say not, simply. Have, have, have they not? Let me go ahead and throw some stats. Have they not increased their winning percentage every year? Has has he not tried to grow that roster? Every year, sure. has he not tried sure. to build the weapons around him every year? Absolutely. Have they not gone from? Yeah. Have they not been in the first? Yeah. Okay, so what, what are you saying? Yeah. If that's the case, everybody, everybody yeah. runs into LeBron James in the Eastern right. Conference. That's not he, He's Ellis. not an anomaly to that. Ellis, Mike D'Antoni, hear me, did the same no, damn thing. Keep the, Increase let's the keep win the argument. With let's keep the argument on the Raptors and your Celtics because both of those teams, in my opinion, are the same. They both okay, are well-coached. Since. They, in my mm-hmm. opinion, they both lack talent, but they maximize mm-hmm. what they have. I think that both of these teams have found a way to do that. 
I think that both these teams have found a great deal of success in the Eastern Conference. I think that the Achilles heels to both of these teams has been LeBron James. I think that, first of all, Boston's Achilles heel this year will be the fact that, damn, everybody's on on crutches. That's one. Can't can't argue that. that. Okay, that pumpkin will eventually, you know, that that carriage will eventually turn to back to a pumpkin. That that will happen for this team. All right, that's one. Two, Brad Stevens to me, when he came into the league, immediately made an impact. Immediately made an impact from what Boston was, how they were able to play, and they've been a defensive-minded team since. They have an identity. They play with grit. They play with attitude. This team, as young as they are, and riddled with injuries are still fighting, and they're fighting like they are a number two team. That's the mentality that the head coach instills. I I feel like you're – I'm not – Dwayne Casey is no debate. He's brought Toronto to relevancy. I agree with it. I do. I really do. No denying that. So did Mike D'Antoni back in the day with Phoenix. They were were ashes. No pun intended. I think it's a a little different though, Chris. Well, hold on a second. What he what he board. is doing with Toronto has been great, but for how long are we going to continue to say, well, yeah, he's a great coach? Well, what is Toronto's identity? Can anybody tell me their identity? Because when it comes to I the can. regular season, Boston plays defense. In the postseason, guess what Boston does? And they do it well. They play defense. When it comes to Toronto, okay. they play pretty well in the, in the regular season, but when they play against Cleveland, in the regular season or postseason, sure. every sure. time they have gotten the lead, Brandon, they lose it. As not, soon as Cleveland, right. and then that's my problem. So that's what I'm saying. I don't want to hear about right. that whole LeBron James. Everybody trains on LeBron. If, if, I'm not going to say have, that. You, you can't say that. If you don't have that problem, then have it with every team in the Eastern Conference. Have it well, with no, I'm not going to have that problem with every team. No, no. Okay, Eric Spoltra. No, Eric Spoltra. Every okay. Eric Spoltra does not lose Christian, that many ahead. games against LeBron James. Simple as that. Okay. Matchups. LeBron Chris, James does uh, not beat Miami at home. Matchups, Chris. Have, have they seen each other in the playoffs? No, they haven't. No. Unfortunately, they haven't. Okay. They have not. But he so does the same thing to Toronto in the regular season and the postseason. Don't change the narrative. I said LeBron and changing. Cleveland. My, my narrative is going to be that if you're calling for Dwayne Casey's head, then I think there's some other coaches that need to be relieved of their duties. And I'm not even trying to be as great as Brad Stevens is. One would question, you know what I'm saying? Once they run into LeBron, they get everybody gets dusted just like the rest of the, the Eastern Conference. But that was one That's season, Ellis. That was one season. That's okay, one let's, season. Let's go, ahead with, let's go ahead with Indiana. Indiana gets dusted every year. All the time, yes. up, under, up under Nate's leadership. Nope, Nate, David this is Justice. his first year. This is his first year with that. Indiana against them. What are you talking I, about? That's what I, I just said, that they usually – Indiana – I'm not even going to say Indiana gets dusted because actually Indiana plays competitive ball against Cleveland, but they fall short to LeBron James just pretty every much like year. any other team in every year. But that's like nine years straight at this point. So you, how are you going to sell these to say and come for Dwayne Casey's head when every team in the Eastern Conference has been losing for nine years, almost a decade? To LeBron James. Because, again, you know what? I'm going to make this. I'm bringing McGriff in here because sure. with the Lions, I, I'm going to bring in another sport in here. 
to, to validate my argument because I feel like I'm talking about mm-hmm. the coach and you keep talking about these players. Again, I said that the former head coach called well for the Lions was a good coach. He was exactly what this team needed, undisciplined, and you bring in a disciplined coach. He was exactly what the Lions needed. Couldn't get him over the hump. As good as a coach he was, he was a plus. He was over 500. That was his record. And he took him back to the playoffs, something other coaches couldn't do. He did that. It was, there's Doesn't a level of inconsistency he still, though, Chris. But, but I, I, again, a, let me finish. Ahead. No doubt. That was Jim Caldwell. Doesn't necessarily mean, right, McGriff, that he is the guy that's going to take him over that hump. He needed to go. Would you agree with that? That is exactly right. Okay. Yeah, so what I'm saying I'm is – Go ahead. You know so much, man. Go ahead. Finish it and you end it. Finish it and end it. Because I'm talking about the coach. And you're talking about Brad Stevens. Your coach Caldwell's time in Detroit led to sporadic playoff appearances and first-round exits. Dwayne Casey's resume is not shaped like that. Two out of three years. Okay, we'll call it sporadic. Back-to-back playoff appearances. Okay. Back-to-back. They weren't in last year. And they made it, and they weren't in this year. So back to back, he failed. So if you want to go back the year before that, he finally made it. And the year before that, he did not. Caldwell's missed the playoffs three out of four years of his tenure, or or th- was it or three out of five? He made the playoffs twice, if I can recall. Correct me if I'm wrong, McGriff. Now you're comparing that to, I mean, and again, two different sports, but you're going to compare that to Dwayne Casey, who is. Actually, gotten better every year, and actually get to you know the conference finals and the and his play. So, so you're gonna so you're gonna and, absolutely tell me, Brandon, the the guy who watched basketball that that honestly out of sure. the four of us, I I will respect what you're saying. You're gonna sit here and yeah. tell me that a team that when they play against another team, you are gonna tell me the X's and O's, the way that this man prepares against LeBron James in the regular season and the postseason is consistent. They have a lead, they lose it, they win. In the postseason, Chris, you, they you, have a lead, they right. lose it, they win. They're the right only team that narrative. does it. They, they're the right only team that does narrative. it. So Dwayne Casey right is responsible for the X and O. But you're right, Brandon. You're, you're, right. you're right. No, I'm saying you're feeding right into my narrative because if you go call out Dwayne Casey, why don't you call out the other eight, nine teams that get blown out by Cleveland in the Eastern Conference every year? Like, I'm not going to say now. that That's because Boston doesn't mean. get blown out by them every single year. Indiana in the Boston regular season didn't get – Indiana didn't get blown out by them in the regular season either, Brandon. They actually won the regular the season. Playoffs. Hey, how many games did the Celtics win? To get I just got to – see, again, you're not listening. Here. Again, you're not listening to anything I just said because I said Toronto in the Stick regular the season playoffs, and postseason. I said, in, I said Toronto in the regular season Stick and the postseason. They're the only team the that they have Stick a lead playoffs. over LeBron James and they lose it every single time. Every time. Stick Doesn't matter. Playoffs. Doesn't matter. If they do the stick same the damn play- thing in the regular season. Can we stick to the playoffs? My I'm sticking to consistency. I'm sticking to consistency. I'm sticking to consistency. But that's okay. That's no your one coach. Cares about the regular so season, when they bro. get bounced and no he's still there, that's your team. I'm good with that. You brought up the you brought up the Lions as if your boy Caldwell was consistent in any. No, I brought up the Lions your... to bring up a point that the Lions had Jim Caldwell to get them over a hurdle. He's not the coach to move them what to the next level. What hurdle did he get over? Ellis. 
How many what, playoff what appearances mean? did the Lions have under Jim Caldwell? And how many appearances Two. did they have with every other coach? One. Oh, he had one more. He had one more than our previous coach. Great job. And they had more winning seasons than they did under any other coach that was been there. That's what Jim Caldwell Play did. Playoffs. Oh, God, I'm, I'm done with this conversation, man. I'm good because you're not listening. You you're stuck on you're stuck on the playoffs when I'm talking about the development of a team from a regular season standpoint to the playoffs. If the you team does better, I did call for Dwayne Casey's head because just like no Mike D'Antoni, just like Mike D'Antoni, when he brought that team when it was absolutely nothing to something, he couldn't get over the hump in the Western Conference, and he got fired for it. So he's doing the same thing. Okay. Dwayne Casey is doing the same thing. And if you can't agree to that, then I don't know what you're watching. Because that's what I'm saying. I'm saying the same damn thing. Well, I don't know what you're watching either. Because oh, okay, okay. Again, so, Mike Dan, so, so what you're saying is, so I just want to make sure I understand. Mike D'Antoni in the Western like Conference with Finn and Son. No, I, I got, because I got all types of arguments. Because, Brandon, I got all types of points that I can bring up in the, in the postseason. If you want me to stay in okay. the postseason – I could talk about a head coach that charged the team, that changed the team's culture, that was not the that was not the permanent fixture for that team. I can go there all day long with any team, with any team, score Chris? at any time. What's what sport, Chris? I'm just I'm making sure I'm out. I'm, I'm trying to hear you out right now because you're calling for a man's job. Yep, I am calling 60, for a man's job. I am calling for a man's here. job. Jim Caldwell yep, led his okay. team in winning records and had more winning, winning teams. Then he, on, under his belt as a Lions head coach records. than any other guy. Winning records. Winning playoff records and playoff appearances. And playoff pe- two. appearances. Two? Two. Right. Two more than, two okay. more than more, more coaches at, at the Lions' helm. What are you talking about? Jim Swartz had one. Okay. Yeah, yeah, I, who I else had one who more else than Swartz? Took, okay, and before Swartz, who took the Lions to the playoffs before that, Brandon? I'll I wait. Take your time. Chris, Take your time. Take your what's time. What's your point you're trying to make? Okay, my point no, is, no, if I had, my point is very simple. As mm-hmm. I mentioned, Dan Tony and the sport that you claim you know. Dan Tony, just like the Phoenix Suns. Okay, so Dan Tony mm-hmm. with the Phoenix Suns overcame all the hurdles in the regular season. And in the postseason, they ran against all these juggernauts. And eventually his time expired because he couldn't take his team over the hump. Same thing with Casey. Okay. He got better in the regular season. Their team progressed, and you're right about that. But in the postseason, he can't get it done. And if you want to talk all about all so. the games, the X's and O's, every ah. time they play LeBron James, they always lose the lead. Explain that. You're going to tell me that it's the so players, or you're going to tell me again, it's the X's and O's? I just asked the question. I just asked the question. Can you answer it? Can you answer the question? Can you answer the question? D'Antoni lost to multiple teams. You can't answer the question. Which would, okay. which would, D'Antoni lost to multiple teams, which would, would show that, yes, he could not get over the hump because he was losing to multiple teams in the Western Conference. He couldn't get the over the actual, hump. But, okay, you're making my point. Go the ahead. Hump meaning, the hump being the Western Conference, Chris, not a single team dismantling the same team year after year Did he ever go year. to the finals, Ellis? Did he ever go to the finals? What's the narrative with D'Antoni no. right now? What's the, what's, the, what's the narrative around him right now? The narrative is that he can't get over the hump. Oh, okay. The hump. Dwayne Casey, can he yes, get over the hump? hump? Has he been to the finals he yet? Can't, he, he cannot Has he been beat to the finals LeBron yet? James. This, he cannot beat LeBron James, which is the same uh-huh. narrative for every right. team in the West Eastern Conference. Right. 
Right, but when he plays LeBron James, whether it's there. regular season or postseason, oh when he God. plays him in the regular hey, bro, season and right, postseason, bro. I'm gonna go ahead and shut it down, bro. Because I'm yeah, arguing. Yeah, you shut it down. Because again, you can't answer my For question, sure. and I'll, I'll ask it again. For sure, in the regular season For and sure. the postseason, has Dwayne Casey ever showed that he can beat LeBron James? Yes or no? Who who oh, has shown that he can beat LeBron James? I'll do you one better, Brandon. Who? What's the record that LeBron James have right now over Toronto right now? He's eight zero against Toronto right now. Hey, Aaron. Aaron, when's the last time LeBron James hasn't been to a championship out the Eastern Conference? Uh, I couldn't tell you. Exactly. Chris, how many times has LeBron been to the Eastern or to the championship? Straight. Seven. Please answer Seven that straight. question, Chris. Seven straight. Okay, so who's beating LeBron James out of the East? Toronto should be beating him right now. Oh, my goodness. Answer the question. Who's beating Toronto. LeBron James <laughs> Toronto. Toronto. out of the Eastern Conference? Toronto. All right. When the postseason started, Toronto was beating Cleveland because right. the narrative was the narrative was LeBron James cannot sustain this type of energy all through the playoffs. Yeah. That was exactly right. the narrative. So, a man that's been to the, the championship for the last seven to eight years mm-hmm. that would that would pretty much let you know that no one in his conference mm-hmm. is beating him. Okay. Does Toronto had a better team? You out. Yeah. Does Toronto yeah. had a better team? Before, before when the tip off in the playoffs, when the playoffs tipped off, Toronto had a better team, right? Mm -hmm. And I straight up said that there's a mental barrier there with the Cavaliers, and that's the same mental barrier that every other team in the Eastern Conference continues to face. And once again, as the narrative is being painted right now for all these teams that's left, including your Celtics, that there is a bit of a barrier there and that they're waiting, patiently waiting for LeBron James to take his talents out west or continue to grow old, and, and in which case they can finally compete. And the teams that they're mentioning right now would be Toronto, the Philadelphia 76ers, and the Boston Celtics. Those are the teams that are patiently waiting to strike as Le- LeBron declines. So that being said, how you going to come for this man's head in Toronto when there's the same team elsewhere that's in the same predicament, suffering the same fate, left and right, at the hands of LeBron James specifically. Well, you want to go out there to the Western Conference and talk about D'Antoni? I agree. He needs to be dismissed because he couldn't get over the hump with no matter who he played, whether it was the Spurs, the Lakers, or whoever it was, he couldn't get over the hump. And it's the same situation now. They got popped by the Spurs last year without – without even having Tony Parker and Kawhi Leonard, and if they come short against the Warriors, then we should have questions about Dan Tony. But that will also insinuate that he's losing to multiple teams, not the Raptors who continue to lose to one team and one team only, which is LeBron James. That's a completely different narrative, Chris. That's all I'm saying here, man. That's all I'm mm-hmm. saying. Every team in the East has been getting popped. By LeBron James for the last ten years. I've heard, I've heard, I've heard your narrative the entire time, but apparently I had to use multiple examples of why I said this man should be dismissed, but yet you don't understand that, and that's okay. If that, if you can't understand what I'm telling you or why I feel he needs to be dismissed from his post as the Toronto mm-hmm. Raptors head coach, then it's a, then I don't, I can't say anything else. All I will continue to say to validate my argument. And Dwayne Casey, focusing on him, regular season, postseason, when he plays against LeBron James, whether it's X's and O's or his players, either the players are garbage or his coaching is garbage. 
he freezes under the moment in the regular season and postseason against LeBron James and the Cleveland Cavaliers. On paper, Cleveland is the worst team. Toronto is the better team. They have the better bench. They have the better record. They have the better defense. They have the better offense. They have the better two. They have two of the best players in the league on their team, and they still can't beat LeBron. They had a 15-point lead in game one. They dwindled it down, and they lost it in overtime and almost lost in double digits. That's what I saw. I also saw in game two a head coach that could not get his team to rally around the game plan at all, and they almost lost by 20 in game two at home. So that better team that you're talking about that he coached, everything that's better about Toronto apparently, he can't seem to get them to play the way that he wants them to play. Now, if we were talking about any other team, you would be saying the same damn thing. He can't get his players to play. You said it about football teams. You said it about basketball teams. Why can't you say it about Casey? And I'm, I'm using just LeBron James and Cleveland. He can't coach them. He can't get them to play against LeBron James. But if we were talking about any other team, Brad Stevens, you want to bring him into the argument when he has a team that's depleted of injuries and he's doing a fine job with not one superstar on his lineup right now and putting work on teams defensively and still in the playoffs, and they should have been bounced. But yet, he should get fired? But Casey has had a full, healthy roster all these years, and he can't get it done? Okay, fine. Based off your argument, argument, what I'm pretty much saying is if you're going to call for Dwayne and these other people, that have fallen yes. short against Mr. James himself. I don't, like, I don't disagree with that, Alice. I and don't disagree with is, that. I'm, not, I'm just saying, you're you coming from a man's head as if he's not advancing every year in the playoffs. This man ain't getting I'm, put out in the first round. This man ain't getting put out in the second round half the time. This man is going to the conference finals. But you know what's waiting in front of him? The same man that's been destroying everybody <laughs> in the Eastern Conference. That's my only and point. You, that's my only point. That's fine. You're, that's fine. Sacramento kept running against the buzzsaw called the Lakers. And what happened with Sacramento? The coach didn't get fired. They broke up the team. So it's either the team or the head coach. So we've seen this narrative in in multiple sports. Either the team breaks up or the head coach has got to go. So which one you want to do? Because they just signed DeMar DeRozan. Break break the team up. But they just signed signed contracts. I don't care. If you're asking me the question, I don't think that it's the coach. I think that he's maximized the talent with the roster that he has had, and every year he has made steps and built his roster to be able to compete with these, um, the, uh, the Cavaliers. But at the same time, your players got to go out there and perform. So, I mean, you're not about to sit here and say Dwayne Casey ain't put the talent together. Like, he ain't put the, the roster in, 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 uh, in order. Like, he hasn't developed these players, these young players, just like Boston that gets all the credit and accolades for. Your boy Dwayne Case has been doing the same thing up in Toronto. That's my only argument to you. You so know what? So you, once again, common denominator, LeBron okay. James. Let me ask, you, let me ask, let me ask this last question. Let me ask this last question. Do you honestly feel like if the rosters were switched, you're telling me that Brad – and Brad Stevens only played LeBron one time in the playoffs, and he did it with a team that was hurt and injured, and they only had one guy that could score. Okay? So I'm not – and I'm not defaulting. I'm not saying that that's the reason why they got swept. I'm not saying that at all. But he took them to the Eastern Conference Finals. That was Brad Stevens. Okay? He's on his way to another one if he can get past Philly. Are you telling me that if Brad Stevens was coaching or had 
that talent on his team right now, their roster right now, and the way that his team plays without superstars defensively, you're telling me that he would struggle still against LeBron James in this current roster that's constituted? Do you honestly feel that way? From a coaching standpoint, that Dwayne Casey and Brad Stevens are identical, and Brad Stevens will get the same effort out of these whack-ass players on the Toronto Raptors. Are you telling me that? I'm telling you that there's some players on the Raptors team that shrivel up against LeBron James, and it happens to be your two best players on the team. I'm telling you that. Now, if you if you want to put this on the coach, yes, I, don't I do. You can. I think I I think that these players have to find it in themselves to play a better brand and more consistent brand of basketball. I don't think that has anything to do with the coach. The coach's job is to put the talent together which he's done. The coach's job is to get a bench together, which they have done. Toronto has one of the best benches in the entire NBA. They have they a whole nickname, the bench mob. So, once again, that's coaching right there when you can go from top to bottom of your roster and maximize temp. So, if you're telling me they got the bench in order, you're telling me they got some big boys down there to be able to clog the lanes up and play defense, and you're telling me that you got two quote-unquote superstars or all-stars, then once again, I'm not so looking at this coach. I'm looking at these two players that seem to shrink and shrivel up every time they got to go against LeBron James. So you say like, so, break up the team. I say fire the coach. I say That's break what you're saying. You say Similar? break up the team. I That's say fire the coach. I'll give, you another, I'll, give, I'll give you another example, Davis. It was time to break up the Clippers. They got arguably yes. one of the best coaches. It was mm-hmm. one of the best coaches in the game. Won a championship with the Boston Celtics. They got one of they had one of the best rosters, pound for pound as far as talent. And for some right. reason, they couldn't win. Time so out. Did he get fired? Whoa, whoa! Why got to say time out? Did he? No, get no, fired? no, no. Time out. No, no, because I want to make sure that people okay. understand with the, with the Clippers. Okay. The Clippers was riddled with injuries constantly. That, that I think that's make sure don't 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 you know take that out of the conversation. They had injuries, and they always got injured at the worst time in the playoffs. So let's make sure that narrative is there. So when they got rid of the players, I can honestly agree and say that wasn't Doc Rivers as much as those players. They couldn't stay healthy. Why would that be on Doc? Why would you okay. fire Doc? Because they can't uh, stay healthy, right? Okay. I'm, I'm More so, I'm saying to you that, it's, in my opinion, the coach – between Doc and Dwayne, have done mm-hmm. a great job with their with their team. Whether it be Doc and these injuries you claim, or I think more so sometimes they just went out there and got punked. They weren't injured when they lost to Houston after being up three games to one. You don't recall that though, right? No, I recall it. I recall it. We talking, man. I I no, we talking. We, we talking. What? Yeah. What? What? Yeah. No injury. I'm just saying. You know, if if the, sometimes you got to put some of this on the players, man. Like y'all got to listen to Pete. I hear you. I, I agree. I think again, I'm trying to get McGriff in this conversation. I, that's the reason I mean, why I brought up the Lions. Yeah. That's why I brought up the Lions. But again, like again, Ellis, please agree or disagree, McGriff, with the mm-hmm. Lions. At a certain point, we got to say, okay, if the offensive line can't stay healthy, which they can't, at what point do we want to continue to say that Matthew Stafford is all on him? Well, damn, he can't get the ball out of his hand because the offensive line can't stay healthy, and he's always on his ass. That's At real? what point do, do we say, oh, 
once upon a time, it's, it's Stafford, it's Stafford, it's Stafford. But wait a minute. The offensive line is always hurt. Mm-hmm. But then when they're healthy, now we can critique the team the way that we want to critique them. And if the head coach is getting maximum effort, but he can't get over the hump, we can no longer say it's those players. We got to look at the coach and say, you know what? He's got us to a certain point. Thank you for your services. We need somebody to get us over that hump. Agree or disagree with that? Not disagree. Okay. I I, I disagree with that. You know, okay. like fair, fair if enough. you had like, huh? I said fair so, enough. Go ahead. Yeah, if you shut up, let me talk. Um, all right. So yeah, if you have healthy players, right? You ain't got to worry about none of them. They all good and healthy, good players, superstar players know their job. They know their role on the team. They know what they are supposed to do, especially, especially in the playoffs. And if the players don't do what they're supposed to do, like, you can't necessarily blame the coach for that. Like, yes, it's the coach's job to call the plays, like to come up with a game plan about how we're going to do this and how we're going to do that, but the players can't execute that's not necessarily on the coaching staff. So, yeah, I mean, it's like Toronto has two superstar players, right? And they're healthy. They had a great regular season. But they get to the playoffs, and they can't do nothing against LeBron. Like they, like Ella said, they're choking against LeBron. Like they can't handle the spotlight. That's on the coach. That's on them. So, hey, break the team up. Shake it up. Now, in fairness, before and, and else, I'll let you get the last word for sure. But I, I just need to say mm-hmm. this, and I make sure everybody understands about Toronto Raptors. This is not just me reacting to Game One and Game Two. I've been on this 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 witch hunt to to do something with this team. Last year, I said get rid of play. Now you you was yelling at me last year when I was saying Demar Derozan and Kyle Lowry, despite these damn stats, can't get it done. And you was just yelling, screaming, giving me stats left and right. And I'm like Ellis. I'm telling you right now, despite what they can do, they are not the guys. And you're like, nope, they are. They just, you know what I'm saying, they just keep running against LeBron. But again, it wasn't just LeBron that they keep running against. Against Washington, they give you half-assed efforts, even though they won in six. Last year, they give you half-assed efforts against other teams, but they win. I get that. I understand that part. But this year, I I finally just said, okay, they they got the regular season title. They're the Second-best team by record in the league. One of the best defensive teams in the league. Best bench in the league next to Houston. They have everything. On paper, they're the better team. And in game one against a team that went to seven games against a younger Indiana team, a tired-ass LeBron still beat them, and he didn't give them maximum effort. And in this game, 47 points. Some I rebounds, eight, um, eight rebounds, and I think like 14 assists or something like that. They go out and beat them on game two on their home court when they know they need to win this. So is it the players or the coach? Is it both? How come it can't be both? That's, what, that's where I'm coming from. Like, look at the bigger picture that I'm looking at, man. Last year in the playoffs, I was screaming the same thing, bro. And you heard me do this. That's not what you said, Kanye. That's not what you said. And I'm, and I'm going to give you another example. No, the players. The players. I was yelling about the players last year. I was yelling Come about on, the players Kanye. last year. That's not what you said initially. Come on, Kanye. Thank you what? for the truth out here, uh, the Griff. 
<laughs> what are you talking about? Go ahead, Chris. I'm saying that like since both of us say are against you right now, your narrative just kind of changed a little bit. No, 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 my na- no, no, my narrative is not changing. Ellis, please stop. Mm-hmm. My narrative is not changing. Last year, McGriff, <laughs> me and Ellis were yelling back and forth, and I was saying, quite frankly, DeMar DeRozan and Kyle Lowry are garbage. Did I not do that, Ellis? Chris, you're changing the narrative, though, because you no, just... No, listen, man. Just answer the no. question, man. Y'all trying to put me on blast on air, and I just no, want you I'm to answer so. a damn question. <laughs> the question like, that's was all. already answered. Sure, Chris. Did, 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 okay, we had that argument. So I'm saying this year, I'm looking so, at the coach. All right. That's what's up. That boy's funny. So can I answer your question? Because you just said Run the show, man. I'm done talking. You said that last year. You just said it. Last year, I was like, bro. They they straight and I defended them and you even just came out your mouth except when they play LeBron. Sometimes if a guy has your number, he has your number. Let's talk about the Spurs real quick, Chris. Greatest team, greatest coach, most consistent team in the history of basketball for twenty plus years. Whoop de whoop. Every year, a while back when your boy Popovich ran up against those Lakers, he got them hands put on him. No matter what, he couldn't deal with the Lakers for a good stint. Did anybody come for that man's head? No, because he played competitive ball against the rest of the Western Conference. But when he ran into them juggernauts, i.e. the Lakers, Kobe and Shaq, just like everyone else in the Western Conference, they got their feelings hurt. This is the same situation with Toronto right now, and Boston for that matter, and Indiana, and all these other teams. LeBron is the last man standing right now. And it is what it is. Like every, They've had success in every level. You just said it yourself. Improving their wins, the players are playing great, the team is consistent, good defensive team, great bench. They pretty much they play all these other teams. They win. At the end of the day, they win. They win, they advance. They run into that man LeBron, they have problems. The Celtics used to run into LeBron, they have problems. The Pistons, when they made their little quick little stint, ran into LeBron, they have problems. Everybody has had problems with LeBron James for the last Decade out of the Eastern Conference. That's all I'm saying. Like, how you gonna call for this man's head? Like, he ain't been getting smarter like the rest of these coaches out here. And then everybody called for your boy Popovich's head when they was going up against the Lakers every year and getting slaughtered, swept, dusted. They said, no, he's a great coach because he developed his players. They played consistent basketball. They played winning basketball, and he got maximum effort. Now I'm telling you right now. The difference between the Spurs and the actual uh, Raptors, the Raptors aren't giving you, like, they're not giving you their best. Or if they do, they're coming up small against, i.e., LeBron James. So I'm not about to call for this coach's head when his players have consistently been inconsistent against this particular team. Now, have they shown inconsistencies? Yes. But have they found ways to win and grow against other teams? They have, year in and year out. So that's just my thoughts, bro. That's all I'm saying. And you just said it yourself that you was coming for their heads last year, but last year they was winning, and they, once again, LeBron James was the denominator. Same narrative for every team in the Eastern Conference right now is LeBron James. We, we can't overlook that when we're looking to, to exile a coach and say that he needs to get fired. Yeah, I think we need to reflect on these players, if anything, especially two that have seen this man, and have fallen short. Same thing with Paul George 
You see LeBron every year? He fell short every year. He got the F on, Chris, and went out to the Western Conference to avoid having to come into contact with that man. That's all I'm saying. Every team has had the same narrative. LeBron gets in there and dusts these dudes up. I think LeBron for a couple of years, Chris, correct me if I'm wrong, and I know last year they lost a game to um, they lost a little game to the Celtics. So you know Celtic pride. I could have sworn they didn't lose, they didn't really lose any games until they got to the championship, and that's kind of been their narrative for the last two to three years. They've been on their championship run. They're not losing in the East. They're sweeping everybody they run into. In fact, yeah, I know that they swept your boys, the Atlanta, Atlanta. Your boy was over there. Um, they had four All Stars, sixty plus wins. And ran into LeBron James and got dusted. I'm, I'm, so it's what you want these teams to do, bro. Like LeBron is is the Jordan of the NBA right now. So I, it's it's hard for me to sit there and be like, yeah, get this man up out of there. I, I don't know. I, I'm and I'm hearing you out too, but that's just my stance right now. I, I'm, I feel strongly about that, especially on, when it comes to LeBron, because that's the only team they, they've been losing to. Toronto has been winning. Against every other series they've been in, they've been winning convincingly until they meet up with Mr. Mr. James. Look at the thing on the NBA TV right now. What happened to Chuck in the North winning? Oh, they ran into LeBron James. That's just what was on the screen if you're watching TNT right now, Chris. Like, LeBron having his way with anybody in the Eastern Conference. Six, but four, six, you, you've six, been eight, watching these games? Two, one, eight, two. <laughs> it's all right, man. It's all love, bro. We got a caller on the line. <laughs> six, seven, Go four, four nine. You're on with the team. Go ahead with your, with your comments. Good evening, fellas. Good evening. What's up, sir? What's up? And I, I can't stand up. himself. Don't start with that. I'm I'm still not over that pick from last week, okay? That that I wanted Sam Darnold. Instead we get we get a, a six foot quarterback that's is cocky and he's gonna get killed in the AFC North. But as for football season. But back to LeBron James. Why I even yes, he destroyed my, even even I'm a diehard Bulls fan, and we and my Bulls couldn't uh, beat LeBron James. They wasn't healthy. Hey, the yeah, but uh, the way the way Toronto got the hell beat out of them, and I seen LeBron James hit not one but back to back fadeaways with no time remaining on the shot clock. I said, "Where's the effort?" And they're, and they're at home, and I said, I, I, me and my friend was debating this. I said they're gonna get swept because I said I, I see it's the same narrative, but over and over. But I said Toronto been playing winning basketball, then come playoff time, I don't know what the hell happens to them. Let's not let's not say playoff time. Come LeBron time. They forget yeah. how to play basketball. Yeah, I, I guess I guess the LeBron got a voodoo spell against the Toronto <laughs> in general or the whole Eastern Conference. The whole Eastern Conference. That's exactly that's that's where I'm coming from. This ain't just Toronto out there getting flamed up. 
whoever goes up against the Cavaliers have consistently been getting bounced, conventionally bounced from the playoffs year in and year out. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and then, yep. uh, and, then H- and Houston got beat last night by Utah. Mm-hmm. That, that was a good game, though. Yeah, that was a good game, and, but Utah came out, Ray, they were firing from the opening tip. So that, that's going to be an interesting series. But until further notice, I'm still going to be sticking with the Warriors until further notice. Yes, sir. I'm, until I'm further notice. Definitely. Steph Curry, How do you feel about uh, what they've been able to accomplish with uh, Steph Curry coming back this first game? Oh, God. Steph Curry comes back. He hadn't missed a beat. He hitting threes out like – I'm still convinced he, with the game online, he can still hit like an 80 foot shot. But if he's gonna stay he healthy throughout hit. the whole playoff, though, that's the question. Yeah, man. that's it. Yeah, this ankle history. But if he if he ankle, stays ankle healthy, knees, knees too, man. This is back to back MCL issues with his knees. So we we, we got to really. Pray for his health. Yeah. He's, 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 he's showing ankle injury. Yeah. Uh, New, New Orleans went. <laughs> they gave it a good effort game two. Let's see what's going to happen game three. But it, I'm with you. I, I've been enjoying the playoffs so far. So, unlike, the, unlike last week, I've been clowned on as usual with the Browns. <laughs> <laughs> No, bless your heart, man. I mean, you, the love you have for your team is it's unquestionable. It really is. So I, you know, I'm, I'm not here to judge you. I, I just got one question. I just got. I, I'm gonna get off here. I just got one football question. What, when I was uh-huh. watching the draft and New Orleans traded up, I thought they were getting Lamar Jackson. I don't know what uh-huh. went through their minds about getting that defensive end. They let Baltimore get him. And right. I think Lamar, and to me, I think New Orleans made a big time mistake because he he could have sat behind Drew Brees for at least two years, and he would probably, and he would been ready. But he going to Baltimore, and and I think they're going. He's going to be a good quarterback. Well, with Baltimore getting RG three for one, and Lamar Jackson tells us that they are they're probably going to be looking to revamp their offense they're going to probably change some things around to fit their style of football that's one two the saints had one of the best defensive lines in the league last year so all they did was trade up to add to that because when you have a team like atlanta in your division you still got to deal with cam newton and he's a problem when crab legs decides that he wants to be accurate and not throw interceptions and touchdowns you still need to get out to the quarterback you need a defensive line and then not to mention, you still have the Eagles you got to fight with. You got the Cowboys who have a great defensive, uh, great offensive line and running game. San Francisco and the Rams with their offensive power. You're going to have to have some defense. So they, that's why they rebuilt on the defensive side. So I'm not really mad that they traded up to get him and let Lamar Jackson slip through. Um, Drew Brees will be fine. And he will continue to throw up 4,500, 5,000 yards as he does always per usual. Um, and the narrative will continue to be that Drew Brees is the Saints, and they will go as far as he will allow them to go. 
He's the pillar of the team. The defense is the anchor. And they have continued to build on the defensive side, and that's why they did what they did in the draft. Yeah. I said, well, we'll see in the next few – we'll see this coming season coming up. We'll see. I mean, there's a lot of a lot of question marks for a lot of teams. Um, I'm, I'm interested to see what the the Packers will do. I'm interested to see what the Texans will do. To be quite honest with you, um, and, and including your Browns, I'm, I would like to see them win five games, but they may not get it done. They may get less than that. I won't be mad. Period. As long as they fire Marvin Lewis in in Cincinnati, I don't care what happens in the NFL. To be quite honest with you, I, that's just. Just call me that guy. I don't really care for Marvin Lewis. Well, he he been down there for so long. He 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 should have been fired several times, but that well, owner hey, likes him. Might be the players. Never know. So appreciate it, Darius. Always call in, man. Your thoughts is always appreciated, my G. Yeah. Six four six 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 eight two one eight two is the number. Um, let's switch over to NFL. McGriff, the Lions. When they got an offensive lineman, they got a running back. Um, is it time to move on from Theo Riddick, Amir Abdullah? That's been our one-two combo, but they haven't been able to give us 100 yards rushing. What's your thoughts on not only going offensive line in the first round, but then taking a running back in the second round? What does that say for the Lions moving forward? Um. I mean, you can never really say with Lions. But, I mean, battles are won in the trenches. So, you know, during the draft, everybody looks for those flashy, like, quarterbacks and wide receivers and all that good stuff. Uh, But, uh, yeah, like, their first pick was the center. Um, So, yeah, obviously, they know something we – well, no, I'm not going to say that they know something we don't. But they're trying to focus on where they need help. We know we need the offensive line. We know we need to – protect Stafford. So, uh, yeah, um, I'm optimistic, which I always am heading into the Lions season. So, uh, yeah, I mean, it's, you really can't say too much about what you think is going to happen because, I mean, at the end of the day, it's the Lions. So, yeah. That's true. That's true. Very much so. Well, Training camp is around the corner. We'll see what happens. Um, I mean, this is kind of the time of the year now after the draft. All the trades have happened. It's just kind of a dead moment now. I think the NFL has stolen enough headlines. The headlines about the cheerleaders, I don't think we got enough time to really cover that because that's a, that's a pretty huge story in Washington. And I will say, for ownership of Washington, when you have that type of story and you still dealing with, you know, name issues as far as the name of your team – um, that's the last thing you really want. That's what's going on in Washington right now. That's the very last thing they want on their plate. But, hey, we'll see what happens in the regular season. Jason Witten, Ellis, on your team, the Cowboys, has retired, decided to go to the booth. Uh, Monday Night Football, thoughts on Jason Witten, his career? Uh, wonderful career. Uh, you know, he's been a very consistent uh, workhorse for the for Dallas uh, for the NFL, you know I I, I don't have anything to say about him. Um, like most of, most of the teammates respect him. Um, he had a very very good career. Uh, one of the best. He will go down as one of the one of the better tight ends in all of football, all of pro football. So um, to hang it up, I think it's a good time. You know, in my opinion, he um, you know he's not too fond of his current quarterback and or running back for that matter. 
Uh, we, we've seen, you know, him kind of try to try to refrain, uh, you know, his personal feelings. And, I mean, that, once again, will we'll show why he's class persona because we, we know he's had question marks about his, uh, his overall team, but he, he showed up to work and did his thing. So I think it's a good time to retire. Dez Bryant is out of there. Uh, Ezekiel Elliott is coming back from all his issues off the field. And, you know, you have a, uh, well, a third-year quarterback that has a lot to prove right now. So if your heart's not in it, you got to step away. So just like his boy Tony uh, Romo, he had an opportunity to step away and instantly be placed into his next, you know, opportunity for work. So I, I, I can't blink. McGriff, how you feel? Tony Romo went to the um, booth. Apparently, he's the zen mm-hmm. of knowing all plays that are great on CBS. <laughs> Does Jason Witten uh-huh. do the same thing? Uh, well, you know, Tony Romo was actually uh, the answer to a Jeopardy question yesterday. Uh, really? You guys that watch, yeah, watch Jeopardy regularly. Um, yeah, uh, I, I got to echo Ellis' sentiments. I mean, in a transitional period, what better time to get out? Because, I mean, nothing's your fault. Yeah, you don't seem like you're necessarily running from something. Um, and he had a solid career. Uh, he's a stand-up guy. Uh, we know he has issues with his current team. So, uh, yeah, why not go out and, and go into that booth and uh, still keep breaking in that money and going against for free? That's crazy. Quick trivia question, gentlemen, real fast. I, I may have dropped a hint earlier, but let's see if you guys could get the answer. Last year, Matthew Stafford became the largest player in history as far as contract guaranteed money is concerned. At the quarterback position, mm-hmm. three quarterbacks have taken that spot since then. Can you name those three quarterbacks? Uh, currently? Yep. Uh, let's go with uh, that, that guy in the purple people leader outfit. Uh, I'm going to say, what's his name? I can't even think of his name right now. I'm drawing a blank. Kirk Cousins. Come on now. Kirk Cousins. Um, that guy and hmm. Matt Ryan, Kirk Cousins, and I'm going to throw in there. I could be wrong, but I'm going to throw Drew Brees in there. I was going to say Drew The answer is Jimmy G. Jimmy Garoppolo. Oh, yeah. 27.5. Yeah, yeah, yeah. oh, yeah. Drew yeah, Brees was before Matthew Stafford at 25 mil. Matthew Stafford was 27. Jimmy Garoppolo was 27.5. Kirk Cousins, 28. And then two months mm-hmm. later, Matt Ryan at 30, which probably leads mm-hmm. to the question as far as Aaron Rodgers, is he going to be at 31 or 32? Because you know his is coming up next. But that's if he wants to stay with, with the Packers. So more, more to come there. Let's transition back to the and NBA. Technically, the Packers were supposed to release them last year, technically. 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 But technically, they wasn't going to ever release them because they wouldn't let – they was not going to let that happen at all. I'm still confused on Jimmy G. I mean, I know it's accurate because I said the same thing, but this dude's making $27 million a year off of uh, four games of uh, equity. Hey. Hey. Right. More power to him, I guess. More, I mean, you you're talking about somebody. the same franchise. Well, you're talking about the same franchise that has a guy on. Well, I don't know if they released him yet. No, they have not released him yet. You're talking about a franchise that drafted a guy who had domestic problem issues, domestic violence issues, got hit with something before they didn't cut him, got hit again with something they didn't cut him, and now he has felony counts on his record coming, and they still haven't cut him. 
So, you know, Don't maybe decision making is just saying, you know, 49ers may not be making the best decisions. I'm just saying, hey, what, what the hell is it? NFL as a whole. Um, that's a different conversation for a different day, my G. Because um, <laughs> the NFL got a lot of question marks right now, for sure. Um, that's a, damn, that's a good-ass question, Griff. I don't know. We've got to follow up with that one. Um, let's transition back to the NBA. Um, if you guys are tuning into the show tonight, what you got earlier was um, was authentic, not scripted. It can get heated, um, but nothing but love. I, I probably need a day yes, or two sir. to think about that one, but yeah, but yeah, the none below, <laughs> none below. Um, James Harden, Chris Paul, Clint Capella combined for seventy six points for forty eight point two field goal percentage. I did the math, gentlemen. All the other players averaged twenty eight point two percent on the field as they lost to the um, Utah Jazz last night in Game Two. So the the narrative and the question was, can Utah? Get a game or two at home. McGriff, I'm going to ask you, because ruckus crowds, it doesn't get any better in the NBA, but in Utah. Can they go in with the energy that they have and beat Houston two games? Uh, I, I think they can. Like uh, The Jazz, other than the music, have not been relevant for a while, and I think they are definitely riding the wave. So, uh, yeah, I want to see it. Ellis, and I want to be able to this. text my uncle. I want to be able to text my uncle with just uh, a bunch of laughing and, emojis. <laughs> that would be uh, that would be awesome, Ellis. Uh, honestly, I didn't see you yes, saw taking taking game two, but in comparison to coaching and playing for the last time, I saw a second year coach with this team, a young team, dwindle the lead in the third quarter missing shots with with a one-point lead and never gave up. And they continued to fight and fight and fight, and they ended up beating Houston on the road, something Toronto can't even do at home, whether it's coaching or players. Nevertheless, mm-hmm. Utah is tied 1-1. Can they get two games at home? We know what the crowd is like. We saw OKC fold. What say you? I think, uh, I think it's going to be a split. Um, I think they're, they're, the series will be tied up going back into Houston. Uh, I do like the, the basketball and the brand of basketball that Utah's playing with. And like you said, well-coached and actually the players, though. The players are stepping up. The rookie is really blossoming in, in front of your eyes right now. Gobert has been, like, awesome on defense every year. And um, so they, there's been a level of consistency from that team. So I think that this is the right team to be able to slow down Houston from a defensive standpoint. So, I see it being tied up. Um, I, I, I don't see them having enough firepower to, to bring down Houston from a series perspective, but uh, definitely enough firepower to, to, to tie the series up and make it a – pretty much make it a uh, seven-game series, potentially. McGriff, I'm going to come at you from a different angle because I don't know – I'm going to assume as far as head coaches in the NBA, uh, you may not know of. So, I'll come from a different angle. When it comes to hiring coaches, regardless of sport, you want to have the right guy, and sometimes the right guy is not the guy. When you have a team like the New York Knicks and you are this pristine institution, if you would, or, or organization, you want to have the guy. Well, they didn't hire the guy. They hired somebody else. So as a fan, not saying you are a fan, but when you see this 
happen to a team that you follow, how do you take that? McGriff, you still there? We might have lost McGriff. So, Ellis, I I mean, you know it. David Fisdale is hired. He is the New York Knicks head coach. Mm -hmm. Uh, We've been saying, honestly, since last year that this was Mark Jackson's job, and it should have been his job, but it is not his job. Um, David Fisdale really Uh didn't show us anything in in Memphis to make me believe that he is. Hold on a second. Hold on, man, before you start flipping out, all right? In comparison to Mark Jackson, mm-hmm. all right? And in comparison to Mark yes, Jackson, that, before you flipped out on me, in comparison to Mark Jackson, I think Mark Jackson was the guy. But David Fisdale, he is now the head coach of the New York Knicks. Uh-huh. Go for it. Um... I'm gonna say that Fisdale showed me a lot, man. Uh, with the with the uh, the Memphis Tennis or Memphis uh, Grizzlies, I think him being a first year uh, coach, he had very much so uh, a level of success out of his team. Uh, they were competitive, and they they played a competitive brand of basketball, physical, um, and they responded well to their coach. Uh, so I think that he relates to the younger players. He's had. You know, he's developed under Pat Riley and uh, Eric Spolstra and, you know, being down there with that team when they were having um, success. And I think he had that same level of success in Memphis. I think he had a bad break. You know, you lost Conley, who was injured um, and has continued to be injured, and uh, Mark Gasol got him fired. I mean, there's no other way of looking at it. So they chose to, they chose to pretty much eliminate his uh, eliminate him from his duties. And I, I – you know, to say that we didn't, we didn't see much out of him, I would have to disagree on that. So I hope he does well with the Knicks. I think he has a decent young talent, uh, a young core. He has a superstar, a budding superstar, and um, I'm willing to see what they're going to do. So I'm glad he had a second chance as far as Mark. Oh, go ahead. No, I was just going to say that was just in comparison to Mark Jackson because I thought that what Mark Jackson Mark- did with, with – what he did with Golden State at the time of when he acquired and was the coach of that team – before that, they were they were they were irrelevant. Let's just call it for whatever. They they really were irrelevant. When he took over that sure. team, the development of players that the uh-huh. if you're going to talk about Steph Curry and the development and maybe where Steve Kerr has him right now, you cannot have the conversation about that team right now. It's con- not maybe not as constituted, but the core three, you can't even have that conversation without talking about Mark Jackson, in my opinion. And I look at how he developed those players from rookies to sophomores, whatever you want to say, how he developed those guys and how Fisdale went into Memphis and what happened there. Yes, bad break. I feel like there was a bigger impact with Mark Jackson as a head coach than Fisdale. Mm-hmm. That's all I'm saying. It's, Fisdale definitely is proven, I guess I, But in yeah, comparison, I, Mark Jackson is the man. I think it's, I think it's hard to say, Chris, but I'm, I'm, I can't disagree with you. I think that if, if you ask me, they both had the same fate. Um, and by, by saying same fate, they neither one of them were, were giving them their 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 just and their due time to be able to fully make moves. And I think that uh, Mark Jackson had a bit more uh, a bit more leniency to be able to go, to to show you know to put together his catalogs than what Fisdale was granted. 
Um, so, I mean, that's, that's really all I can say. Fisdale was fired in the middle of his second year. He didn't even, he didn't even complete two years. And no, then he didn't. They, fired him while, they fired him while his best player was injured. Uh, and, and Mike Conley, who was the highest played player, uh, player in the NBA, uh, up until these contracts started going out. So, I mean, to do that in, in the middle of your season, uh, and then it, it clearly shows his worth because they instantly went from a competitive team to the worst team in the NBA, instantly. So, uh, you know, I'm I'm glad that one of them got an opportunity to coach again. You know, both being, you know, strong uh, strong coaches, uh, developmental coaches. And, you know, again, having an opportunity to get back out there, um, I'm glad that Fisdale has an opportunity. Scratching my head a little bit on Mark Jackson, but both of them need to be in the NBA coaching right now. It's point play period on that, on that regard. Well, from where I'm sitting right now in Michigan, mm-hmm. the rain is falling. And how fitting mm-hmm. to this last topic, the rain has fallen and the storms have been brewing. But this day, May 3rd in 2011, your boy, Derrick Rose, won the MVP. Looking oh, at that Derrick Rose yeah. and the current Derrick Rose, when I say that it's raining outside, that man, tears come to fans' eyes of what he would mm-hmm. have been if he did not get injured. Your thoughts yeah. on Derrick Rose, where he was, this day when he won the MVP and where he is now. Um, it hurts, man. It's, it's still it's still a sad situation um, to see the injuries really take a toll on this young man, and ultimately too the the, the decision making that you factor in with the with the health complications. I think it's a poor combination. I think that he always has had trouble communicating, but when you're winning and you're healthy, it's it's a lot easier, you know. So I think. Um, Unfortunately, you know, he did a disservice to himself uh, with, with his injury recovery process. And that ultimately, um, I, I will say this, I appreciate him getting back with Tibbs because that's the only coach that has really been able to maximize effort out of him, injury or not. You know, uh, he showed me a little, bit of, a little bit of energy left when he went over to the Timberwolves, and that's all I can ask for, man. It's unfortunate that he'll never take off and he'll never get back to that level, but I appreciate the I appreciate what I saw from him out of out of uh, Minnesota. Sad because Derrick Rose is the man. I mean, that yeah. year he won the MVP, he was the he was the man. Watching him when you wanted to watch what a point guard was becoming in the NBA, you didn't look any further than Derrick Rose. He was physical, he was built, mm-hmm. and he went inside the paint with reckless abandonment. I mean, he went in and he had no care for anything or anybody, including himself, which probably led to that knee. I mean, it just it just is what it is. And you're right. No other coach could get the best out of him but Coach Tibbs. And honestly, I hope he gets a second chance with Minnesota. Minnesota has something. I think they need to make some moves as far as the personnel is concerned, get a couple more vets in there. Unfortunately, Jamal Crawford is, you know, deciding to become a free agent which good for him, but bad for Minnesota because he was a good guy coming off the bench and he was an instant scorer. And that's something that Minnesota needed to maximize on in the playoffs, and they didn't do that. So Derrick Rose, if he gets a second chance with Minnesota with a full season, uh, maybe he could be that spark for them being the sixth man. But 
what a player and what he could have been if he didn't get injured. Him and Brandon Roy. Let's make sure we give a shout out to Brandon Roy as well because him. If if you if can you imagine Brandon Roy, Lamar Aldridge, and and um, the, uh, Damian Lillard at their prime with that team, where that team could possibly have been if that was still together. Kind of stuff. No, I, I hear you, bro. No, I, I definitely hear you on that. It's um, yeah, no, I hear you, bro. To be honest with you, kind of sucks. It I, I sucks, but it it is what it is. So, last ten minutes to show us. Let's focus on um the uh, the two series that we haven't talked about. We can just kind of just free for all it if you want. Um, the Golden State Warriors. They got Steph Curry back in Game Two, and he, I mean he just came in the game and snapped immediately. You mentioned it earlier. Um, thoughts on that because we thought this was going to be more of a competitive series. Now they're going back to New Orleans. It could change for sure. Home cooking, get that Creole going in them in New Orleans. They may they may make a run. But to be quite honest with you, if Golden State wins Game Three, they're getting swept. Right? I mean, there's there's no other way to put it. You gonna be calling for your boy uh, Gentry's head? <laughs> well, no, no. They gave no, him. You a hard time. That, man. They gave him. They gave him a coach option. No, I won't say that. But I will say what he what he has done with New Orleans is the same thing that Casey did with Toronto. He's taken the talent and he's maximized the talent. But I feel as though what Gentry is doing, he is implementing something, and you can see the offense coming together. It's flowing. Game mm-hmm. two, game one, they didn't do it. Game two, they started to put it together. And in the regular season, you could see it starting to build up, and they finally buy into what Gentry wanted to do, which he's an offensive-minded coach. They have a Mm defensive-minded team as well. So I give him credit. Again, I'm not getting Mm -hmm. back into this conversation, which I'm not not doing that again. (laughs) Game three, Golden State, they win game three to see the series is over. If they lose it, what happens? So what's the narrative here? Um, I I think it's a sweep, Chris. To be honest with you, man, I think Oof. once again, we those match, those, those I, I, we didn't, but from what I've seen these first two games and uh, what I've seen from Steph Curry, I'm not going to say Steph Curry, what I've seen from the team, I've, uh, Draymond has stepped his game up, uh, Kevin Durant has created nightmare matchups for them, um, and I think this is what I was telling you, like, he's up against two, like, the, the, the actual Guard play of the Warriors minus Steph Curry is is top notch in regards to defensive minded point guards. In fact, I think they got your boy in as a point guard right now, or one of the guards is uh, Eagle Dollar. He's been running guard, and it's been a rotation between Eagle Dollar, um, Eagle Dollar, Clay Thompson, and uh, a little splash of Nick Young in there. And I think it's, it's created issues for Rondo and uh, Drew Holiday. And so I, I think it's once again it's just, this team is is more is a better matchup, or they they have the advantage at every position pretty much, um, and it, it's proven to be fatal for the Pelicans as good as as good as they look against the, the Portland. And what's crazy is Portland look or, or Portland got destroyed the same way from um, Golden State as what's happening to the Pelicans right now. So it's like sometimes you run into some of those teams, man. That's, same thing I'll tell you out, out east. Stop, man. We're not going down west. this conversation. No, we're not doing that again. Hey. I'm not. I ain't got no. No. Not, no. 
No. I'm not trying nope. to do it with you. Just you got not. you got to look you got to look at it though, Chris. Last time the well, Pelicans I, got I, up get, in there against the Warriors, yeah. they got swept too by the Warriors. They got swept. They got swept by the Warriors, but it's different though. Game one, they didn't have no, their man. They didn't have they didn't have Steph. And in game two, they get them, and it's it's it was a competitive game, but Steph was the X factor. So again, for sure, it's a different. I, I, I understand. I, I understand what you're saying and where you want to go, mm-hmm. but. Let's make sure in the word, the, the comments, and the, what we've been saying all day today, the narrative. Let's make sure we get it all mm-hmm. out there. Last year when they went, when they played against them in the playoffs, they were fully equipped with everybody from start, and they got swept. This year they didn't, and they went into this game on fire from round one, mm-hmm. sweeping Portland. And then they got popped game one, and then game two, Steph came in, and it was the X factor. So it's a little different. The narrative is quite different than before. Okay. Because we didn't we didn't think that right. We we said on these airways, Drew Holiday was going to give fits to anybody who was going to be the point guard. Outside of Steph mm-hmm. Curry, he was going to be he was going to terrorize that team. Rondo, from a defensive standpoint, was going to give them hell. And this is a Rondo mm-hmm. that was in the lineup that was the X factor. For Port, for the Bulls two years ago or or last sure. year and without Rondo they lost every game without Rondo they lost so mm-hmm. we thought differently that didn't happen. I, now I did sprinkle in there. Happen. I was like, it's, no, I'm saying I agree. With I'm saying I sprinkled in there though that it's it's a different it's a different beast going against Clay Thompson who's probably one of your best two way players. So he he's pretty much like a, a Drew Holiday. Uh, but I mean, in my opinion, better, better, you know, more gifted offensively than Drew. So you know, like I said, I feel like that that's an advantage for Golden State. And yeah, I, you know, like I said, it's Steph getting Steph back, man. It's a whole other monster in there. So it's mm-hmm. it's going to be tough for uh, New Orleans. And I think once again, as good as they are, and as great as the season that they've had, they've run into a team that's better equipped to be able to. I mean, the Warriors are just equipped to be able to pretty much take any team down. And as yeah. it, great as we recognize their, their star talent to be, their role players are monsters, man. Like, they really are. And they are, they're, they're seasoned and they're, they're, they're equipped to be able to, to play exactly that, man. They, they play their roles to a T. And that's, that's they do. It's only a few teams that's able to do that. And then the Warriors is one of them. Let's mm-hmm. switch over last series. Uh, Portland, I mean, not Portland, uh, Boston, Philadelphia rivalry that they want to start back up. I think the NBA wants to see this back. Uh, Boston leads them going into the fourth quarter. If you're hearing us now, that's where the game is lying. Uh, ben Simmons playing like trash. I said this on Frat House Sports. Again, you can hear them 7 p.m. to 9 p.m. every Thursday night before we come on the air here on Blog Talk Radio. I mentioned that the crowd of Boston is going to be well too much for this team. Maybe not for the whole Philadelphia team, but as you can see, it's affecting at least Ben Simmons. He's got one point in this game at this very moment, and it's it's astounding that that's all he has. So they're not losing by many points. Boston needs to do something. We know what they can do at home. On the road is a different story. We've seen them go game seven against Milwaukee. Who is winning this series, Ellis? you got two minutes. Um, I'm, I'm thinking I'm, I'm leaning toward uh... – Boston and seven. I think Another seven-game uh, series. Yeah, man. I think that's going to be the Boston's fate unless they run into LeBron next season or next uh, series. But, uh, yeah, I'm thinking – or actually, no. I would think I think it would be seven against Boston or against uh, the, the Raptors or the uh, Cavaliers. 
But, yeah, I think Boston is going to be – they're going to fight till they die, literally, figuratively, however you want to put it. And I think that that's going to be the case. I think that they will pull it off in seven games against um, the Sixers. I think that they're going to expose the youth, and I think that the coach is going to have to be the advantage here, which it has proven to be uh, so far. I think he's an elite coach like we spoke on. I, I, I agree that he is. I was When I was going back and forth with you, it was just strictly for the debate. But I think that he's going to have his players ready. And I'm, we're, watching, we're watching this team just really grow and blossom in front of our eyes, man. And I, I think that Philly is just too big of a stage for them. I think they're going to show up the next two games at home. I think it's going to be a tied-up series going into game five. Um, and I think wow. it's going to be a, a seven-game series. Wow, seven game series. Uh, I say, I say Boston is six. I, I, I think that okay. the crowd in Boston is too much for Philly. I think that when they go to Philly, Philly's going to win. I think they're going to split the series two two. Going into Game Five is going to be a swing game, as it always is when it is two two. And I think Boston takes it in the physicality that they're able to bring from a defensive standpoint. They're a better defensive team than Philadelphia is. Philadelphia is a better team because of their stars, but if defense takes them out the game. What you going to do? I feel like Boston would win a game five, and I think they would shock us by finally winning a road game in the playoffs. I think that that would actually happen as well. And I think they ended in six. Now, if they see Cleveland uh, in, the, in the third round, uh, Cleveland's not going to the finals. I, I, I just have to believe that. Toronto is their best shot to lose, but I think Boston gets them, and they get them in six or seven. LeBron is going to run out of energy eventually. But if they sweep Toronto, <laughs> LeBron's going back to the final. So, I don't know, man. Mm-hmm. Just fire Dwayne damn case, I, please. Just, just fire that man. Just oh, get rid of you. Just, just, yeah. just put it out there. You don't like that, man. You don't like it. <laughs> no, it's not that. I appreciate you. It's the not last even... 30 seconds of the show, I appreciate you being honest with us. I appreciate it. It's I don't not like that, even man. that. It's, it's not it's even. It's not. <laughs> it's not even it's that, man. I like Dwayne case. Ugh. Thank you for listening you in tonight. Like that, man. <laughs> Thanks for listening it's in. Fine. We had a great time. Appreciate you all. We'll see you next week. God bless. Uh, enjoy basketball. Enjoy hockey and, and MLB if, if you watch those sports as well. Um, Go Penguins. Pink, pink man. I, <laughs> if you want to talk hockey one day, we can do it. We can do it. I mean, we can. Go, they're going for the three-peat right now, so I'm rooting for them. Oh, my goodness. We'll, we'll see what happens. Enjoy the rest of the night, ladies and gentlemen. See you next week. All right.